missed out on. I'm paying attention to this flex on how many physician friends. Yeah, got. I got this, oh, I this, got this doctor friend, friend over here and this doctor friend over here. And I can't forget about this doctor friend over here. And this doctor friend is paying for everyone to go over here. <laughs> Dude. I'm Dr. Sharon Dukes. And I'm Melvin Dukes. We're HBC graduates. Proud educators. And most importantly, husband, husband and wife. wife. And you're listening to After School, School Talk, Talk Podcast. Hello, 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 and welcome to another episode of After School Talk, where I am your co-host, Mr. Dukes, and uh, I'm your other co-host, Dr. Dukes. Hello, Dr. Dukes, how you doing? I'm alive. Alive and well, well and alive, absolutely, <laughs> amen, amen. Um, we still in this whole quarantine thing, man, it is what it is, but this it's just the way of life. Like this, this is it. If, if we go on for the rest of our lives like this, would you be happy? Like, why? Yes. How you? Okay. I'd be perfectly fine. Why? Because I'm an introvert. Hmm. I I don't, and, and, and I have mixed feelings because part of me is like, I'm cool with, you know, staying solo dolo. You know, uh, being low key, and every now and then you might holler at a couple of friends at a time. Not everybody all together and all that kind of stuff. So, I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of having a mixed feeling. I'm definitely feeling good about not having to go to work every single day. Hallelujah. That feels great. <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah, yeah, that's amazing. I, love I think that. I like the flexibility of not having to be somewhere at a certain time. Absolutely. Like, and uh, then people, you can't touch me and you need to stay away because I don't like people touching me. So, uh, real quick, so in our office, they came to put up the uh, the plexiglass, because, you know, we've been away from the office since, what, March 16th, and they came and put up the plexiglass mm-hmm. since we've been gone, so when we got there today, all the, the glasses up, or whatever, the little shields, or whatnot, mm-hmm. but we came up with every single scenario of somebody being disrespectful to the glass, so first thing is, you're going to have the old lady coming up like, uh, I, I can't hear you, and they just gonna stick their head around the glass. Oh. It's like, I get 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 back over there, <laughs> get right back on over there. Then you got the you got the child trying to sp- stick their head under the glass. Get your head back over there. Get then, back up. Then, then you got the rude the rude hood girl tapping on the glass like, um, excuse me, excuse me. So it, it's, uh, we're not looking forward to this at all, not at all. And I know it's several businesses and people like that that uh, have already gone into. This has gone into effect for them and stuff like that, but I'm I'm not looking forward to being on this side of the glass, at, right? At all, right? At right. all. But it is what it is, man. Now I'm a, I'm gonna say this. I started off by saying that I'm alive. Yeah. And the person that we have with us on this episode is part of the reason why I'm alive. Yeah, man. Yeah, <laughs> man. Yeah, man. If I could talk in tongue, I would just then, because she is definitely one of the reasons. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. I know she. I know she waiting patiently to say yes. <laughs> I am the reason. Somebody give me an award because this patient right here has a lot of problems. I because oh, we have a special guest, Doctor Bia Intenge. Doctor, you gotta clap for her. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> Look, the cutest thing ever is Thanks that. Thanks for um, having me. Absolutely, absolutely. Shaylin is in the background, so just know that she clapped for you too. <laughs> okay, thank you, Shaylin. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
So, Dr. Ntenge, you are a medical doctor. Yes, ma'am. How long have you been practicing? Yes. So, I have been practicing total since 2011, but the first three years of that was my training with Morehouse School of Medicine at Grady in Atlanta. Mm -hmm. So, on my own since 2014 here in Augusta. That okay. is crazy. Nice. <laughs> nice. I didn't even realize it been that long. <laughs> so, and before Morehouse, yeah, you were me neither. Until right? I just thought about it. So, before Morehouse, I went to school in Sewanee, Georgia. It's a school called the um, Georgia campus of the Philadelphia College of Osteopathic Medicine. So, I was there for four years, and then prior to that, I was a teacher at Laney for two years here in Augusta. I taught science. Prior to that, I was at Mercer University School of Medicine in Macon. I got my master's in public health. And then before that, I was at UGA. Okay. okay. So, yeah, that's kind of everything in tackle. Yeah. So, you, you didn't want to stay a science teacher? You Come on, now you didn't want to be an educator for too long. <laughs> um, no. <laughs> <laughs> no. So, so, here's the deal. with a quick story about how I became a teacher. So, when I went to, I went to undergrad, I was never intending to be a teacher. I was planning to go to med school but you know life things happen being lazy I didn't take my MCAT in time so I was like oh what can I do you know school school is always good let me go get my master's in public health mm -hmm. so I went and got that <laughs> spent two years a whole bunch of money in making and then I came back home and I kind of applied for public health jobs but nothing was really coming through so here you know my dad Elias C. Tingle is like <laughs> You need a job. I talked to Dr. Welcher. They need a science teacher. I said, oh, okay, well, I guess I'll be teaching at Lane. <laughs> <laughs> so that's how I ended up. On that is crazy. I was going for an interview, and Dr. Welcher had, like, yeah, he had new teacher paperwork. He gave me my keys, showed me my classroom. So, yeah, that's how I became a science teacher. Oh, yeah, you got away good because yep. your daddy made me sit down <laughs> in the student center and fill out my grad applications, and that was not what I had on my agenda for the day. But he was like, are you going to grad school? <laughs> no, you know, he was all about school. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that's how, that's how I got Yes, okay. But it was good because it gave me time to uh, study for my MCAT and everything, so it worked out. That was up. That was up. Now, okay, so you are a physician. You are, have been practicing for however many years now, and we are in a pandemic. So I'm just going to ask you just off the yes. top, um, can give us, just give us some background so everybody will have a um a consensus a general understanding for all of us of what COVID-19 is okay so COVID-19 is a new strain of an old virus so coronavirus is not a new virus but the COVID-19 is a new strain of that virus so it is just something kind of like the flu in the way that it affects the body like a lot of viruses so it can affect any system, but mainly the respiratory system. And then some of the other systems are affected by all the other things that happen when you get a viral infection. But that's basically what it is in a nutshell. It is a new virus of an old, an old, a new strain of an old virus. Okay. okay. A new strain of an old virus. Okay. So I know a lot of people feel like it's just the flu. Like it's, it's no difference. 
what's the like what's the difference between the two? I think the biggest difference in the way that it is affecting society first is that there's no vaccine. So for instance, the flu comes around, it's seasonal, it's here for a couple of months. There are a lot of people, millions of people who get the flu vaccine. Now they may still get the flu, but the idea is that if you get the vaccine, your symptoms aren't as bad. You're supposed to recover a little bit quicker. And then there are millions of people who got the vaccine who are never going to get the flu. That's the first problem with coronavirus. There is no vaccine for the virus. So anybody is susceptible. You can't say, oh, I had the vaccine. It won't be as bad if I get it. That's the first thing. Second thing is, it's just it's just a different virus in general. So it's just like you can have strep or you can have staph. They're both bacteria, but they're just different. So yes, they can both cause skin infections. The flu and coronavirus can both cause respiratory infections, but we don't have anything to treat it and we don't have a vaccine for it. So those are the main two differences between it and the flu. Yes, the flu can be bad. Yes, the flu can kill people. Yes, the flu can cause people to be on a ventilator and have pneumonia and cause body aches, fevers, chills, all this stuff coronavirus causes, but we don't have a treatment for it, a proven treatment. We have a lot of these anecdotal, yes, hydroxychloroquine works and you can take a Z-pack and you can do this, but we don't have scientifically proven treatment or a vaccine for it. So that's the biggest problem with it. Okay, okay. Because in my mind, and you being my doctor and knowing this, <laughs> you know, we had the flu back in, what was that, December? November, yeah. December. November, sometime. December. Yeah. yeah, and I just remember being like, if coronavirus is anything like that flu I just had, I don't want it. Yeah. Because yeah. we were literally down for five solid yeah. days yeah. of no eating, couldn't move, your whole body is hurting. But then we hear about coronavirus, yeah. and it's like, oh, it's like mm-hmm. the flu. But then as the numbers keep increasing and people are dying, it's like, ah, not, not quite not like quite the flu. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, not, not quite like the flu, yeah. Okay. So the other thing is, so we got a general idea of what it is. We see what's the differences. So I saw on Twitter, and I said, oh, I cannot wait to talk to Dr. Ntenge about this. So there are people who have these theories of what I guess can stop it or what um, it really is or how it came about. And one of the things I read, I'm going to read you this tweet because I know you like to see some comical things on social media. Um, This guy said the (laughs) mortality rate for healthy young people is less than the flu. Sunlight kills the virus. Humidity suppresses the virus. And outdoors transmission risk is, what's the word, Melvin? Minuscule? Minuscule. Minuscule. (laughs) So I just want you to know, 162 people went in on him (laughs) on Twitter. Because they were like, why we don't see this on the news that, you know, the virus can be killed by sunlight? Because it's not true. (laughs) (laughs) That's why it's not on the news. Like, like all these people who... Who went out to the beach and did all this stuff. It's hot in Florida. I promise you it's hot in, in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, Florida, wherever they were. And some of them probably are asymptomatic carriers or they might have symptoms and just out there living their best life and they can still pass it. Like has nothing, nothing to do with heat. People still get the flu when it's hot. You can get coronavirus when it's hot. I've seen, I saw one thing on Facebook. A lady put a blow dryer up to her nose because 
the same thing. Heat kills the virus. No, you're going to kill yourself doing something like that. Mm, right. So, yeah, this is not true. Georgia is very humid. That's crazy. Yes, 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 yes. I remember when, uh, when, when you know, everything was first hitting the United States. One of the tests was uh, hold your breath for 30 seconds, I think it was. And that's a good way to test if you have coronavirus. <laughs> <laughs> They tried to hold their breath and they said they couldn't hold their breath. So they called saying they were short of breath. And I said, but why, why did you do that? <laughs> they said, well, they heard that if you can't do that, short of breath. And I said, but you run every morning. You're not right. short of breath. Like, right. I don't know what happened. You couldn't hold your breath. for Maybe you just needed to take a breath. That's not natural to try to hold your breath like that. So, yeah, there's just so many things people have said and tried and been on the internet, and yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot, and, and I think about the fact that okay, so you know my other doctor, the great doctor uh, Adams Pickett, she was always telling me to stay away from Google. Like I need you to stay away from Google. And now I'm thinking about as a doctor, have you seen yes. an increase in people reading and looking at this and then calling you like, well, yeah. I know what I got. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, like actually, we get that. I get that on a daily basis, the Google thing. But now it's been more people calling and saying they read that this can be a symptom of coronavirus, or, you know, there's a thing. And they've actually said this in some of the press conferences. I've actually stopped watching them, but some of the early ones were saying for some reason they were seeing a lot of people who had coronavirus who were on ibuprofen. I don't know if that has anything to do with anything or is it just because a lot of people just take ibuprofen in general? Mm. We don't really know. So that was a big thing. Some of my patients who have arthritis and swear by ibuprofen, it's like, what else can I take? Because I heard I can't take this because mm. it puts me at risk for coronavirus. And yeah, so it's just people aren't Google, Dr. Google. I tell people stay off Google all the time because Google is going to tell you that you just have allergies or it's going to tell you you have uh, nasal pharyngeal cancer like you you don't know it's gonna yes. be from one extreme to the other so that's why people stay yep, off was, of google yeah i was just thinking <laughs> yeah. you're you gonna get you're gonna get both much. extremes absolutely it's definitely too much but you'll get both both <laughs> both extremes yep. you're absolutely right that's crazy yeah. <laughs> i remember after i had shaylin um really what i was just going through was postpartum and I thought that one of the medicines yeah. Dr. Pickett gave me, I was addicted to. So I'm telling her, like, I know I'm addicted to this because there are people on Google that's addicted. And that's why I'm having panic attacks. And she was like, no, <laughs> you're not. Like, you're fine. Like, you like stop. probably a medication that has zero addictive potential. Yes. And I just, and I'm me yeah. Googling, trying to search mm-hmm. for myself. No, that's not what you have. Like, just <laughs> calm down. <laughs> no. Now, okay, so we know the world is semi-open. Um, for some places, they don't care. They are wide open is what I call it. Um, my thing is that what what would be just basic things? if I Because there are certain things you know you have to go do. I have to go to the grocery store. I have to go put gas in my car if... If I'm still an essential worker and I have to go to work or um, if I have to eat, think about the people who have to go to work and I still have to drop my child off at the, the grandparents, aunties or something. I'm still out there having to interrupt, interact with the public. So what are some basic things you would tell people to try to protect yourself? 
So one thing I do recommend that people do wear the mask, whether it's a surgical mask, whether it's a cloth mask or something to just cover your nose and mouth, because like we said, we know it's spread from droplets from other people. So whether they're coughing, sneezing or talking, that's one thing I would recommend. Um, I actually do not recommend wearing gloves in certain situations. For instance, if you are at the grocery store and you have on gloves and then you're touching everything in the store, then you're going in your purse and you got to answer your phone because your mom calls, then you got to get out your debit card. You're just cross-contaminating everything. So in those situations, I would recommend you just use your hands and then just have some hand sanitizer with you to sanitize once you're done because you're still having to touch the buttons and you're getting your card. It's like you're still touching everything. So in that case, I would say to just not wear gloves, to just use your hands. But for instance, when you're at the gas station pump, one hand should be gloved, one hand should be free. The free hand is what you should use to put your card in and that kind of stuff. The gloved hand, you should punch the numbers with and use to actually pump your gas and then that glove should be discarded before you get back in your car i don't actually see people doing that i do it just because i'm trying to protect other people and myself i don't have any symptoms but i'm going to work every day coming in contact with people yes i'm wearing a mask but all my patients do not wear masks most of them do but some of them don't so just that and then common sense stuff the fact mm -hmm. that we have to say some of this wash your hands cough into your elbow yes. don't sneeze and spread stuff everywhere we're saying this but this doesn't even have to do with coronavirus this is stuff you should be doing all anyway, the time anyway but yeah. we have to say it because we know people won't do it yes now i kind of feel good and then uh, of course for anybody who... oh I, no, go ahead. I, okay okay <laughs> i, I kind of feel good because you said about the uh when you're at the gas station one one hand has a glove and one hand does not, and you, you know, you, the hand that doesn't have a glove touch your personal stuff, and then the glove hand touching the pump and the keys and all that kind of stuff. I actually feel good about that because as as soon as we kind of went to the whole, uh, I guess sheltering place or lockdown mm -hmm. or whatever, and I had to go to the gas station. That's exactly what I did, and though I done fell off of it now, but 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 <laughs> I do wash my hands. I do keep <laughs> keep hand sanitizer. But I, I, the fact that you pointing out something that I, I started out doing is like, yeah, I, I was, I was on the good foot at one time. Now I just don't care. <laughs> no, I ain't, I ain't that bad. I do, I do care a lot. I definitely care a lot. I definitely care a lot. But, but Melvin, you, you, you're really speaking to what America has done. Oh, absolutely. Like they were like, oh gosh, yeah. this is scary. And then people are literally like, like, um, I was saying earlier before we started the show, a guy in this substation the other day getting a sandwich was like oh i think all this is overrated mm -hmm. so now people are just to the point where well nobody i know called it so i'm good and and forgetting all the precautionary measures that yeah. may have prevented you from catching it yeah yeah and i and i kind of feel like people like that will even if something were to happen they'll still kind of put it on something else like oh well this person's you know my family member called it but they had respiratory problems in, in the first place or mm -hmm. you know just something like that i i, I just don't understand just to write it all off, I don't understand. Yeah, because, you know, you still have people who, you y'all have seen the news stories who are known positives and refuse to stay home. Yeah. Just going out, exposing people. 
oh, they were on a plane waiting on results. And then when they landed in Florida, they got the message that they were positive. Like that's unnecessary. And, and some of it is just people just don't know. Sometimes you have to explicitly say stuff. And what I can say is I may even be guilty of that. I will give you an example. We had a patient who called a couple weeks ago, as we always do every day, who had some symptoms. So we had her to call one of the hotlines, AU or I think AU Med now somewhere to get tested. So she called us back and she said, yes, they gave me an appointment for tomorrow at 10 o'clock to go and get tested. So we said, okay, call us um, once you get tested so that we'll make sure you got the test and then we'll keep this open so that we know in two or three days to call AU to get your results or, you know, when you get your results, let us know so we can chase it and get it. So that afternoon, the next afternoon, after she got tested, she got tested that morning, I got a note from one of her specialists and she had gone in the office because I didn't think to tell her you're getting I, I some stuff. And she wasn't doing it to be, be malicious. She was just like, oh, well, I'm going to go get tested. And then I've got this follow-up appointment. She wasn't trying to make anybody sick or anything. She just, it's just second nature that she had this appointment. She didn't even think to call and reschedule. So we had to call her and say, you know that you're not supposed to go oh, wow. anywhere. Yeah, yes. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Wow. Like, oh, my God. I didn't even, and luckily she was negative, but. I had to call the specialist and we had to tell them, hey, this patient was tested that morning and came in your office three hours later. And so they were like, what? And so she wasn't trying to be malicious. Not She's not even that kind of patient. But the fact that we did not open our mouths and say, oh, yeah, when you get tested, don't go anywhere. Now, I don't know if AU does or not. I can't speak for them, but I know we forgot to tell her because we just assumed that she knew. Right, so we had right. to learn from that. Okay. We have to tell people, if you go get tested, don't go anywhere till you get your results. So now my right. nurses just tell everybody because we assume people would think not to go anywhere, but no, they're just, she was just, she went to the grocery store. She went yeah, she to was like, Hey, until y'all say so I'm, like, I'm positive. I'm good to yeah, go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah. So we're lucky she wasn't positive, but just think if she was, it wasn't anything she necessarily was trying to do on purpose but because we forgot to tell her do not do x y and z she was just living her life as normal and waiting on results mm-hmm. yeah okay so this i'm gonna ask you this because it it makes me think of this and i don't know why my, why my train of thought goes to this but it seems to be comparable it reminds me of aids where um especially yeah. working in school system when you're trying to when you find out a student has pregnant or um, well, really, when you find out they're pregnant and you're like, so y'all weren't using protection, it's like, no, ma'am, we think, okay, all right, so now we got to call the parents in and have this whole conversation. And I'm always like, the only thing people think about is pregnancy. They don't think about disease. Mm-hmm. And so it's so far removed from you yeah, that you're like, I'm fine. And it's the, and it's the same yeah. thing. Once you finally do get the results that say, oh, if I have AIDS, Okay, now we got to backtrack. Who all did you sleep with? When yeah. did you, you yeah, know, you don't yeah. know when you contracted mm-hmm. it. Yep. So I have to go yeah. back and tell this person I slept with and this person I slept with that you need to get tested. And it's like a scary thought that those two things, like coronavirus and AIDS, are the 
are similar where you have to literally go back through the people you had contact with because they could potentially have it. Have it. Yeah. Because that's, that's the same thing we would have had to do, you know, well, we wouldn't do it, but AU or the health department, I'm not even sure who's responsible for that would have to go and get all of her contacts over however many days, 14 days, really just Mm -hmm. to see who she came in contact with and who it could have been passed to. But yeah, it's, it's similar. And then AIDS is, you know, of course that's like a couple of months. They're trying to find out who you've slept with. Right. So now, yeah. so, so you were just talking about, uh, yeah. you have to go back through, you know, contacts of 14 days. So there is a standard procedure of what you would do when you all find out a patient actually has, uh, COVID-19 or coronavirus. So when we find out, because we are not actually the testing facility, Mm. we still, we actually keep a record of all of my patients that we have sent to get tested or that have been positive in other cities or states that they call and say, hey, I'm out of town and I'm COVID positive. We keep a record of that. But our personal office, my my office is not the one responsible for doing the... um, the 14 day contact tracing. Right. It would be either a place where they got tested, which is AU or MedNow or, you know, whichever facility. And I'm not sure if they do it or if it's the Georgia Department of Public Health that does it, but it's between those two, either the testing facility or the Department of Public Health that does the contact tracing. Hmm. Yeah. And it's 14 days because. Um, it's supposed to be, it's supposed to have an incubation period of possible 14 days. So I could have come in contact with a patient today, asymptomatic, and if they have symptoms and are COVID positive in 12 days, I would still be on their contact tracing list right, because gotcha. I came in contact with them in a period. Yeah. Man, that is tough. Can you imagine yeah, so thinking I'm, back? Think in 14 days, yeah. 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 Two weeks who, is a long time. Yes. Yes, it is. Mm-hmm. To think about who yeah. all you came in contact yeah. with. Are what, you serious? What store did I go to? I, I don't know. I'm just like, where was I 14 days ago? Right. Yeah. yeah, it's it's a lot to think about. Yeah. So when you think Especially about it, you if you're those, not those... doing what you're supposed to do now. Right. Going to work right. And coming home and going to the gas station and coming home, that's different. But if you're going out to eat at Logan's and you're going to yeah. Office Depot yes. and you're going to Lowe's, and then, oh, let me go to my homegirl's house. Yep. Look, if you're doing all of that, there's no way you're going to keep up with where you've been in Fort Right, 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 right. Yep. So, <gasps> yep. Boy, 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 boy. <laughs> stretch your life out. Just yeah, because then, cause then the, other thing, the other thing is, even if, let's just say you're doing right, but you just so happen to go to the grocery store and you looking like, how many of y'all not doing the right thing? <laughs> now I got to remember that I came here. <laughs> how many people in the grocery store don't have masks on when I go there? Yeah. Most oh of them don't. Yeah. I was in Kroger quickly on Sunday. Almost got caught by the rain. But yes, all the workers in Kroger have on masks, but most right. of the shoppers did not. Yeah. Nope. Yeah, most of them didn't. And see, that's the other part about, okay, so eventually, due to our president especially, um, the world is going to open up. Well, America is going to open up, and we're going to go back to whatever we were doing. But 
I I put on a comment on Facebook that I just want to go to a place that I know is taking um whatever preventive measures they can, and then I'm going to do whatever preventive measures I can. Right. Because it's it's I kind of look at it in the same way of of mm-hmm. the school. You know, the schoolhouse. The school is going to try to do whatever they can to make sure your child is safe once we reopen schools. And then they're going to request to view some things to make sure your child is safe. And hopefully, both practices together can work. But then I'm hearing from some people like, oh, no, no. None of the waiters had on masks. It was packed in there. There weren't six feet, you know, social distancing. So, then what? It's like, so, okay. In my mind, that becomes a place that I take off my list of a place that I can go to. Yeah, I agree because think about it, you know, I know it's hard to wear a mask if you're on like an eight, 10 hour shift at a restaurant, but you're standing over people talking to them, dropping droplets as you're speaking, taking their order. Like the waiters, you know, you should, they should have on a mask. Like, And I I don't know because I haven't physically been inside of any restaurants since all of this has been going on. Even if I've ordered food, it was before everything was open. So, you know, they bring it to your car. They had on a mask. They had on gloves and all of that. But I don't know that that I would. And I can't say I don't know that I would not be going to sit inside a restaurant first. Secondly, if I was, I would not be going where a waiter is not wearing at least a mask because they're they're talking over you that's just the the normal thing that happens in a restaurant they're not six feet away they're a couple inches they're talking you're sitting they're talking down so all of their respiratory droplets are coming in your direction you don't know where that waiter has been is their wife or husband at home with covid and they're coming to work we don't know Mm because people still do stuff like that somebody's sick at home they're supposed to be quarantining, but they're not because they have to work just just because thing we don't know people's situation mm-hmm. and the, the sacrifices they're they're making to to take care of their family while putting other people at risk because that has happened as well. So I don't know. I just don't know when I would feel comfortable going back to a restaurant. But if you are, the workers and the staff need to have on masks. Need to have on masks. It's crazy because uh, Brian said this, yeah. and I thought to myself, I thought I was alone. And I'm so glad I'm not alone. Brian said, I'm starting to realize how nasty breathing is. <laughs> I said, yes. Like, you didn't realize how many times somebody is too close. Yes. Like, you're breathing on me. Yep. And you breathed on my food. And then you breathed on my child. I didn't even, it didn't even cross your mind. Think about it. There are a lot of illnesses that that are spread that way. Of course, we've got coronavirus because it's the big pandemic right now. The flu is spread that way. Tuberculosis is spread. Mm. There's so yeah. many respiratory illnesses, and they're respiratory illnesses because that's how they're spread from people breathing, talking, droplets, sneezing, coughing, things that we do all the time, and you don't think about it. You don't even think about it. Yeah. I just, it was funny. This girl yeah. posted on um, Facebook. She was trying to. Um, what I would call what's it? What is it called, Melvin? Like you trying to put on blast? So she was trying Over. to put her client on blast because um, she was braiding the girl's hair, but she felt like the girl was high. So she put on she went on Facebook Live to show like she's over here high and I can't braid her hair. She can't hold her head up straight. But what everybody paid attention to was 
as she's braiding the girl's hair, she's she coughing in her, her hand, hand <laughs> and then going and touching the hair and then going right back Ew. to the girl's scalp. Yes. And everybody was like, why are you trying to make fun of her? You are disgusting. You the nasty one, nasty. <laughs> yep. Yes. Coughing in her hand. That's I'm talking really about directly in her hand. Outside of coronavirus. Yes. Yeah, like outside of coronavirus. Who does that? Ew. Who does? Yes. I was like, now you gotta really pay attention to everything. Like, oh wait. You just you just coughed in your hand and then yes. now you about to touch me. No, you can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> Like, yeah, you need to go wash your hands. <laughs> and give me no some of my money back. Thank you. Haven't wasted my time. So you got to wash your hands, you nasty. <laughs> oh, God. Okay, so this is going to be my oh, last question for tonight. Unless Bev got another question, because we know you're a doctor and you have a lot of stuff to do, and I need you to be alert. Absolutely. Because when my yeah, time comes in the office, <laughs> she is not just my physician, she is my psychiatrist. So I need to make sure I get all of my time, that she's healthy, she's alert. I, I, I need to be more um, compassionate <laughs> for other patients, but I'll be focused on myself when I get in there, okay? <laughs> but my last question <laughs> is what do you feel like this is the new norm um, for America as far as um, there, there really will be a separation. There will be those who are um, taking these precautions with them from now forevermore and then others who will just leave it by the wayside. I think it is. I think it's the new norm probably for a few months. I don't think that this will be a permanent thing. Just like anything, we will get into, oh, the numbers are down. Not that many people are sick, like December, January, whenever that's going to be. And we'll go back to going out to eat, using our hands at the pump. But I do think for myself and those of us who are really cautious, this will be the new norm for a couple of months. But I do pray and believe at some point things will get back to normal but i just think that we this the the day and age that we're in we have not dealt with this kind of pandemic you mm -hmm. know they had the h1n1 a couple years ago but it wasn't as bad as the coronavirus so i just feel that yes for a couple of months we're going to be super cautious but i do think that at some point we will relax that but some stuff needs to remain in place you need to wash your hands yeah, you don't need to be coughing and sneezing yeah. and doing all that absolutely out and about. yeah there are certain things that should just stay that should just be normal Absolutely. you shouldn't be doing that anyway now now bill let me let me ask you this um what you have in your own office and stuff like this and this might be one of my last questions but uh just talking about norms and what do you see happening you know for right now short term long term whatever what's some of the things that you looking to change or are, have already changed in your office whether you know temporarily or you know going into long term or whatever so um, for right now, since this all started, so middle, end of March, middle of March for the past yeah. two and a half months. So we screen every single person who comes in the office. So the screening is just some questions outside. So we ask those questions. Have you been around anybody who's had coronavirus? Have you, you know, the, the things that you may not think to ask, are you supposed to be quarantining right, right now? Right, right, right. Are you having any symptoms? Do you have fever? A whole list of questions that we ask um, before they come in. So we have kind of limited 
the number of people that come into the office. And because we do primary care and then there's also a GYN in our office, we don't usually have a whole lot of people who come to office. Like I know Dr. Adams Pickett, she does OB. So sometimes maybe the dad wants to come, the grandparents want to come. She may have a patient who wants to bring six family members. We don't have that in our office because we don't do OB and we also don't do peds where you may have a lot of people. So oftentimes I may have older patients or some younger patients who may have special needs that a parent or a family member needs to come with them. We still allow that, but we limit it to one person. Okay. So if it's an older person with mobility, they need help or they have dementia and they need a family member to come or somebody younger who needs their mother there or father there or somebody there, we allow that. But if it was myself or Sharon and Melvin coming to an appointment, both of y'all couldn't come in. Like one of y'all would have to sit in the car and just the person with the appointment comes in. So we've limited that. We're doing a lot of telemedicine. So that is we use an app. And so we, I can see the patients and we talk through the computer, but there are some patients who just have to come in for whatever reason you can't really do everything through telemedicine so those are the changes we've made but it's it's been going good i i'm ready for things to get back to normal i actually don't like telemedicine i like to see my patients (laughs) but but i understand very right necessary tool right now so we had to have it available yeah 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 because i i I know um, my mom had told me that y'all were doing telemedicine i was like that's not a bad idea if I don't, if I don't, ha- like I don't have to necessarily see you, but it's just my checkup, and I just want to give you updated what's going on. I might have a symptom here or there, but I can understand where some people is like, no, I need to physically see you because you, you, what you're telling me, I need yeah. to see this in person. Because yeah, you know, some stuff like, oh, I'm having chest pain or I'm dizzy or you know, so okay, you need the EKG. I can't do that over the phone. Like mm-hmm. some stuff is just like telemedicine is great if you know, you have a runny nose or we think it's your allergies or look at this bump on my finger. But when you have stuff that I physically need to see and touch you, listen to your heart, lungs, do some testing, you you still have to come in. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. I got you. Okay. Now, now I want to, I want to lighten the mood just a little bit. So it, since we've been on, uh, on quarantine since about the middle of March or something like that, is there any event or celebration or anything like that you've missed out on to this point or you know you're going to miss in the next couple of oh months or anything like that? Oh, gosh. No. <laughs> Let me start. So, my, my, my friend Natasha, my lovely OBGYN, she's one of my great friends. Natasha, Dr. Rushing Smalls was mm. getting married. That didn't happen. That's been postponed. Um, Maloba's birthday was the same day. My birthday was April 12th, yes. so I missed that. Well, yeah. I, I'm happy to have a celebration. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I was supposed to be in Destin this weekend. That didn't happen with my friend Sarah, who's also a physician in Dallas. I was supposed to be in San Antonio this weekend. Um, I was supposed to take my mom. We were taking her to Jamaica for her 65th birthday in June. That's now in December. Oh, I was going to Essence dang. Festival. That ain't oh, yes, so yes, yes. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, because at March, at March through August is like my travel time. So yeah, nothing yeah. has happened this wow. year. <laughs> yeah, so I've missed out. Yeah. Now, listen, that Melvin. Yeah, a lot. You over here talking about what she'd have missed out on. 
I'm playing attention to this flex on how many physician friends. Yeah, got. I got this, oh, I this, got this doctor friend, friend over here and this doctor friend over here. And I can't forget about this doctor friend over here. And this doctor friend is paying for everyone to go over here. <laughs> do your thing, girl. Do your thing. I need to get me some doctor friends. Where my doctor friends at? Y'all need to go get them doctors. So, hey, I need to have some doctor friends. Y'all need to go get the doctor. Hey, y'all got to be the medical doctor, not me. Not you. Man, I You're need some doctor friends. Great day. <laughs> oh my gosh. Hilarious. Man. Delvin is crazy. Delvin is crazy. See what I'm talking about? Whatever. You need to go get another one, matter of fact. Go get you another doctor. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> Slow down. Man, please. I need some more doctor friends. You know what, hey, Bill, when they say go get another daughter, oh, it's like hearing get another child. I'm like, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> Y'all got to be laughing. Oh, well, Dr. Intigue, we want to thank you for coming on and talking to us. Thank about you, this. thank you, thank you. Thank y'all for helping me. I was nervous, but this was good. Absolutely. <laughs> Everybody says that. And Ian, they be like, oh my God, I was nervous. That was so much fun. Let me know if you want me on again. <laughs> <laughs> that was like a simple. It's just like talking to us. It's normal. But no, I love y'all. I don't I love y'all and I'm I'm happy y'all have me on. I appreciate it. Yes, because actually, now that I think about it. Originally, you were gonna come on campus and be on, on a panel for me about um the criminalization yeah, of black girls. We're gonna have a whole event, yeah. and that got yeah. canceled. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, this is just a makeup. Two weeks after all of this started. So, yeah. Yep, two weeks after. Yep, after exactly. Yes. Now, before we close out, I do want to take a moment to um thank all of our supporters of the podcast, Bowtie Planners. That's B E A U T I Planners. The Skin Society, Mary of the Smile Gallery with Dr. Michael Thomas, Taste Buzz, Nostalgia Clothing, and Distinctive Curations. If you visit our website at www.therighteffect.com, that's www.therighteffect.com, and click on Podcast, scroll down to where you see the supporter section, and you can click on each one of the uh, pictures and support their businesses. So we are going to close out. We're going to go on... well, we're probably going to go have a little drink and then we're going to uh, go to bed. Yep. <laughs> it's nightcap. Nightcap. Then we're going to be done. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you, Doc. Peace.